Welcome to the podcast of Azel Christian Church. We are a Disciples of Christ Church community in Azel, Texas. We invite everyone to be who you are with us, the doubting, the believing, the wondering, and everything in between. On this podcast, you'll hear our pastor, Reverend Ashley Dargai, preach on how the expansive and generative love of God is seen through Jesus, the prophets, the early church, and the faith forebears, and how this love helps us care for the world more deeply and faithfully. Sometimes it's messy and tough, but it's good news, and it is for you. Our scripture for today is Romans 8, 18 through 27, and it is on the back of your bulletin if you'd like to follow along. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies, for in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words, and God who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We begin a new series today, Wishin', Hopin', Prayin'. Each week we'll be settling into a place of longing in Scripture, longing expressed through prayer, in a song, in accusation, in a guttural collective cry. And we'll be entering Advent in a few months, if you can believe it, we're almost there. And as more of our population gets vaccinated and as the building slowly gets unpacked, we hope for a sense of normalcy. Of course, we realize that the normal we knew is gone Even as the pandemic normal ebbs and flows, our worship has taken on different shapes as needed. And as some of you arrived during the pandemic, normal is kind of meaningless because there are no memories of the before time of Azel Christian Church. But we are establishing a new normal together, a light-footed one, if you will, that's able to change direction and adapt But perhaps what we need is not so much normalcy, but rather homeostasis, 
a stable equilibrium that must be maintained by interdependent processes. We're finding our true center in this active maintenance of homeostasis of our church. It's almost as if we are at sea, on a boat together, floating under the moon. Wouldn't that be nice? We won't find a perfect stillness out here on the water, but we will get our sea legs. We'll find a tidal rhythm, adjusting the sails as the wind blows in blows us in unforeseen directions. I have been sailing exactly one time, one glorious day with a friend who had been sailing his whole life and did not realize how magical it all seemed to people who grew up fishing off a dock. And as we were getting, to, getting ready to head out of port, he showed me and JD the whole routine for adjusting the sails, for this was an all-hands-on-deck operation. And JD and I each had a job. I don't remember the names of anything he told us, but my job was to tie the big rope around some kind of knob to secure something in place. It was important, I promise. And it was one of those perfect days. The weather had been touched by the divine, the conversation was lovely. The rhythm of our collective sailing efforts required focus, but it was fun to be all in it together. And we got out of the boat and swam for a while, and we ended up sailing to the other side of the lake in order to grab dinner on the lakeside. It was magical. And as the skies grew darker, I wondered how long it would take to sail back across the lake. And even though our friend was a skilled sailor, I worried about doing it in the dark. Those of you who have been sailing probably knows, know where this is going. Imagine my surprise when our friend told us we would just motor back to port. I mean, of course this boat had a motor. This makes sense to me now. But for the entire day, I had thought it was completely up to us and the wind to move the boat. And when the motor is on, it's not an all-hands-on-deck situation. You just need one person, the captain. So as night fell, J.D. and I stretched out on the boat and basked in the remaining time of our perfect day, enjoying the stars and trusting the one behind the wheel. And on one hand, this day had required all of us to be alert and ready to tend to the job given to us, to work together as a team. We were all aware of the wind and how it moved us along if we could set our sails rightly. And we were conscious of the other boats on the lake, careful not to let the wind and our enthusiasm crash us into the other vessels. And a couple of times we put out our anchor down, or we put our anchor down to play and eat. But at the end of the day, when our bodies did what bodies do, grow tired, and when our minds found what minds find, limitations, we laid down and let the one who knew what to do bring us back. There was a time that day when our only job was to gaze at the stars and let the low buzz of the motor move us along. Our text today is from Romans, the densest, meatiest work of Paul a letter to the church in Rome. 
And Paul was writing primarily to Gentile Christians who were having conflicts with Jewish communities. Both groups thought that they were the true Christ-following community. But Paul was writing to tell the Gentiles that they were not replacing the Jewish communities in faith, but rather they would learn to work and worship together. And all of this is in the backdrop of living in Rome, the powerful empire ready to squash anything that might disturb the peace. There was a lot of growing pains, a lot of labor pains, one might say, in this community of faith. And because of this turmoil, it's not clear to the Gentile Christians how Christ had changed their reality at all. Their suffering continued including weakness in the body that required the Holy Spirit's intercessions and prayers. And the overarching question of this conflict was how hope was supposed to speak to such suffering. And Paul explains to the Roman church, all around us, we observe a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pangs. But these birth pangs are not only around us, they are within us. We are also feeling the birth pangs. We are also yearning for full deliverance. And that is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We expand in the waiting And of course, we cannot lay eyes on what is expanding us, but the longer we wait, the more we expand, the more joyful our expectancy. Paul seems to be saying that longing you're feeling, it's pointing towards something more, something so transformational that it is naturally taking up your emotional and relational bandwidth, the longing is evidence that there is something more to this moment. This yearning is the labor pain between the no longer and the not yet. For the coming rate of God is not an abolition of the present reality, but rather it's transformation. Birth speaks new life and not just the brand spanking new one. The body and life of the one in labor is transformed as well. And isn't it interesting that to Paul, creation's longing is tied up with the children of God's longing. Everybody is groaning with anticipation, even Christ's living spirit. And it's because we are all bound up in each other. The fate of the cosmos is tied to the faith of the children of God, to their ability to hope. Because what is the response to this great longing, to these labor pains, to this groaning? Hope. As we worship together in this space and think about how to return our homeostasis once again, we can feel the no longer but not yetness of it all. The breath holding, the lack of fullness in return, You know, we're not yet hosting big fellowship meals indoors or holding babies or singing unmasked. Whole chapters of our church life have closed in the waiting. 
and our longing for church life to be bursting at the seams points to a more encompassing longing the anticipation of the reign of God, the fullest fullness there is. And this ache we feel, it's not a sign of weakness or a lack of faith. This longing is sacred. It anticipates a future that we cannot see yet. It's a kind of prayer. One that says, I know that this is not all there is. I know things can be different. And hope walks hand in hand with our longing. It creates a sense of contrast between what we hope for and the present state of affairs. And it's normal for this contrast to spark discontent and restlessness. Because the one who hopes hurts. The one who hopes wrestles with disappointment. Because they are constantly holding what is and what could be together. But the answer to the labor pains of hope is not stoicism or being an unmovable force. It's adjusting our sails to the changing winds, trusting that we will get to shore. And sometimes when something that is out of our hands moves us along, say the motor of a boat, a pandemic, a storm, an illness, a death. Hope looks like stretching out where we are and learning the constellations above. This series on longing and prayer will take us to the end of ordinary time. Ordinary time is the stretch of the church calendar that is relatively uneventful though this year's ordinary time has been anything but for our own congregation. But the uneventfulness speaks to the lack of high holy days. But there's a wisdom to the liturgical calendar that I'd like to draw attention to. For about six months, we will be in holy seasons. Advent, Epiphany, Lent, Eastertide, Pentecost. It's eventful, it's contemplative, it's celebratory. It's as if our lungs are expanding with the breath of the Holy One, inhaling, 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 filling up with air. And then for about six months in ordinary time, we exhale. Our lungs contract. We breathe out slowly, completely, our whole bodies relaxing into this motion. And as we near the end of our exhalation, in a few weeks, we will have Covenant Sunday, a day that looks forward to the future, where we'll make a financial commitment that will help our lay leadership create the budget for 2021. And then we'll gather a few weeks later as a congregation to look together as a congregation for to this budget, a document of hopes and dreams For a budget is not only a fiscal document, it is a moral and theological document. It puts pen to paper, dollars to dreams, and it says this is what we believe matters. Here are remnants of the hope that was sown before us by people who have gone before us, and here are our hopes now. This hope has grown tall like a sunflower, and this hope has transformed like a butterfly. 
And what this text reminds us, what our theology of stewardship here at Azel tells us is that our offering of time, energy, resources, prayers, is not just an individual commitment. Our generosity is for others. Just as the faithfulness of God's children directly affects God's creation, so our act of stewardship is part of a larger whole. And it's not so much like a puzzle that fits together to make a beautiful still picture, so much as it's like a team of sailors working together to test the wind, to determine if we throw the anchor down or adjust the sails. And as children of God, we are also in partnership with God. If you remember from the text, this is one of my favorite texts of the Bible because of this. Everyone is groaning, even God. And the work of hoping is a shared endeavor. So as we work together, tying ropes around some kind of knob to secure something for the day ahead, may we also rest in the knowledge that it is not only our work, but also God's. And perhaps at times we can lay down and gaze at the stars, listening to the low hum of the Spirit's shared longing. So for the next couple of weeks, in our last stretch of ordinary time, let us breathe out in hope. Let all the air out. Empty out all that is in your proverbial lungs so that when we arrive at the beginning of holy season in just a few weeks, we are ready to take a big gulp of oxygen, letting it ignite and animate us, reviving us once again, and preparing us for the days ahead. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Azel Christian Church Podcast. Azel Christian Church exists to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through meaningful liturgy during worship, a public witness through outreach in the community, the nurturing of the spiritual life of every age group, and the witness of each member through discipleship, baptism, and the sharing of resources. To support this podcast and the ministries of Azel Christian Church, visit azelchristianchurch.org. Here you can contribute through giving online or find our Venmo information. If you're looking for a church or simply want to talk to one of our ministers, contact us through our website and we will be in touch. Talk to you soon.